It's the Emily T. Gale Show, ESPNHawaii.com, and uh, we're kind of talking about the Kohala Coast this week. Our first guest is going to be Tanya Howard, the founder and director of the Waimea Ocean Film Festival. She's announced the dates for 2017. It's going to be January 2nd through the 10th up in Waimea, and then uh, uh, also the Four Seasons Resort, Hualalai. And then our next uh, guest will be Tom Sersley, the director of golf at the Montalani Resort, and now Tom Oshiro, who's the operations manager, and Jeff Keyes, who is the um, Class A PGA professional. And we're going to be talking about uh, the Big Island Amateur, 93rd year at Montalani Resort, but also talking about all the wonderful events that Montalani puts on, holding up the the wonderful legacy of great golf uh, that they've had at Montalani for years. So the Senior Skins, the Hawaii State Open, and then coming up, the Big Island Amateur coming up in August uh, 13th and 14th. And then we're going to follow it up with uh, Rich Bell from BikeWorks, BikeWorks Beach and Sport at the Queen's Marketplace at Waikoloa Beach Resort here on the Kohala Coast. And Rich is uh, the volunteer director for the aid stations for the Sea to Stars bicycle race that uh, starts in Waikoloa Road and goes up to Mauna Kea near the Visitor Center. And they're always looking for volunteers for the aid stations, an exciting race to watch and be part of and be a volunteer. And the Hawaii Cycling Club, I'm a big fan of and and encourage people to become members or get involved in their their events as volunteers. So that will be our show this week. And again, focusing on the some things happening on the Kohala Coast. And um, we'll get right into it here with uh, Tanya Howard from the Waimea Ocean Film Festival. Tanya, thank you for taking my call. Thank you for having me, Emily. It's always so much fun to see you around the festival event. Well, let's see. Let's talk about the dates, first of all. It might seem like a long ways ahead to people for next uh, January, but uh, it's, I really want everybody to get it on their calendars and start thinking about setting some days aside to, to attend your film festival. Do so you want to give us the dates that they're coming up? Sure. The first part of the event will be January 2nd to 5th, and this will play at venues in Waimea itself at um, Kahilu Theater, at HPA Gates Performing Arts Theater, at Parker School Theater, and then down on the coast at the Mauna Kea Beach Hotel and the Fairmont Orchid. And then the festival moves January 6th through 10th to Four Seasons, Walleye. So just to give some uh, framing of the days of the week, and up the, the first part of it, January 2nd through the 5th, is a Monday through a Thursday. And then when it moves to Four Seasons, it's on Friday through the Sunday. And I, I've only attended two years now. I don't know how I didn't get there years before, but... Joe Fagunda said, you know, suggested I go to go to the film festival. I was going to go for a couple movies and ended up going for three days. But I was astounded at how you had it all arranged in a way that, first of all, there's but what probably 60 films, but that you could get to most of them just by arranging your schedule. You did such a beautiful job of, however, you did that matrix and got it laid out. But let's talk about the venues. I I always realized that by going to the film festival, I got a much better picture, as much as I think I know Waimea, the venues are, each one is so different. So let's see, up in Waimea would be Parker School, right? Mm-hmm. HPA? Right. The Lead Center, is that what they call it, the Lead Center? The Gates Performing Arts Center. 
the gays performing arts, okay, and they're and what's so what's so different is how different each of those venues are. But what a a, a long history both of them have with the Waimea community, and I think it was really a neat opportunity to get a real a feel of Waimea going up to those those venues, and then the Fairmont Orchid, of course, you know, you come down the coast and you had the films there. So I ended up going to movies at, at all the venues and. I saw other people that were doing the same thing. And I think that's another, kind of a nice um, residual effect of seeing some great movies is really getting a sense of the community. Yes, and part of the idea right now is that we will have special extra early purchase rates for Kama um, Aina, so people know that these are available in advance, and they'll be coming online in mid-July, a little bit later this month, and running until early September. So there's an opportunity for our locals to um, to take advantage of that as well. So WaimeaOceanFilm.org, the website. Mm-hmm. And you make a suggestion uh, while you give the date. You suggest that people download last year's program. I would suggest that as well to get a good feeling of all the different events that, that go on. Uh, in fact, one of your venues is Monica Resort, and it, it's not just films at all, but each venue. There are different things. Like last year you had uh, some breakfast talks at Monica and, yo- and yoga classes. and So there's so many different things that are all part of the Waimea Ocean Film Festival. But, yeah, so I see... Um, so, yeah, WaimeaOceanFilm.org for finding out about those passes. And also you have Hapuna. I love that Hapuna offers the special hotel rates. You want to talk about that? Yes, they will be offering a special rate again this year and for the entire period from January 2nd till 10th. And they usually extend that for a few days after. So it's a wonderful opportunity for anyone who has friends on the mainland who might want to come and stay at what otherwise would actually be a Kamaina rate. So really, really a wonderful opportunity to stay at, at a beautiful property here and enjoy the festival. Well, I had some friends that come here for a couple of months in January, and then their uh, daughter and her husband were, they were coming, and they ended up availing themselves to that special rate. <laughs> gave that as a gift to their to their daughter and son-in-law for a belated honeymoon and uh, the festival, so it worked out really nice for them. But, um, you know, so when you move down to the Four Seasons, uh, all the events are in the ballroom there. And, boy, the Four Seasons Resort, it's a a wonderful opportunity for people to get a a real sense of Four Seasons Resort at Historic Kaupulehu, too. What a a great venue that has been, and the residents love it, don't they? Yes, it's such a beautiful property. It's, It's special to be there for certain. And a lot of the visitors that were at the hotel during the week were attended, and of course a lot of us locals, because it worked out and it was close to Kailua, and just a, it was a, a perfect setting for it. But Tanya, you know, your face, I was just looking at the Facebook page, and I would encourage people to go to the Waimea Ocean Film Facebook page and, and scroll through the things from last year of what got the best uh, films, like Best Surf Film and Best Inspiration Film, but it gives you a real overview of what the event was about, about going to the back, some of the the things from last year that you've still got posted on the Facebook page. But I think one of my favorite was just the way you showcase uh, the Hokulea, some of the old film footage that was done in the early days before digital film. I mean, now like the Hokulea, they, you can go online and you're watching their whole sale and they interact with the school kids. But some of those early film footage, uh, was it Sam Lowe? Is that who had put the film together? No, last year. Thanks for noticing. We did show a film 
by Sam Lowe a couple of years ago. Okay. Um, but thanks for noticing last year. It took me quite a bit of digging to find some of those older films. Um, so I appreciate that. But that came through some KGMB files. And I think what's so important is for us all to realize how much has changed in the world of video and film and being able to showcase things that are going on. Even some of the old surf films, the surf films that you had, some of the people had their own their own footage from when they were children or takeies, and they weave that into their present day where they are with with uh, like Garrett, I believe it was McNamara, is it mm-hmm. the big wave surfer? I mean, he had footage from, you know, what, 30-some years ago or something. So there's, there's a lot that goes on under under story and backstory of all these films that you do. I just can't say enough nice things about it. But mostly I wanted to for you to, you know, just to really encourage people to get those dates on their calendars and encourage their visiting friends to put it on their calendars as, as uh Taking in a few films, they won't. They'll end up taking in more than a few films, I'm sure. But what else would you like uh, the listeners to know right now? You're in the throes of the nitty gritty of everything, but just in general, what would you like them to know? Well, you mentioned some of the award-winning films from last year, and we actually always bring back the People's Choice winner, which was unbranded last year. Um, and those filmmakers will be back with a couple of new short films. Um, and we may also have one of our other award winners last year, um, Tom Mustel. If you missed his breakfast talk last year, you mentioned the breakfast talks also, and they happen to be one of my favorite parts of the event. They're a really, really neat opportunity to hear from the filmmakers and speakers. And if you missed Tom Mustel's talk, um, then make sure to be there for him this year because he is one of the funniest people I have ever listened to. I did. I I missed the film too, The Batman of Mexico, and I I everybody said, oh, it was so good. Of course, everybody said that about every film. But let's see, you said the one coming back was branded. Was that the the guys on the on the horse trail? Yes. Oh my God, that was Ben Masters and um, who else? Uh, well, they they you had them there. They were wonderful. They they were very sociable and very talkative. They loved to tell their story. Give a little overview of what their story was, if you would. Well, they became aware of and involved with the issue of wild mustangs in the West and and their plight. And to bring attention to what was happening, they decided to um, purchase, I think, maybe 13 or 14 horses and bring them on a train them and then bring them on a ride from the Mexican border to the Canadian border um, to show what fabulous horses they really are. Um, and I think they were even surprised by um by how well-trained they became. In fact, I have a really fun picture from earlier, from last month, actually, in which I had a chance to ride the unbranded horses. Really? I can send it to you. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Oh, where were you? Where did you go to do that? I met them in um, in Colorado. They were on their way bringing the horses from Texas to Montana. Well, what a lesson that was. I mean, the story was great. Talk about reality TV, reality movie. I mean, unbelievable. Every day as they 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 could, you know, travel that trail that went on that route. But I had no idea you know, anything about Mustangs. I mean, there's just so many undercurrents of, of stories and cultural and and history that are in all of these films. And that's what I loved about them as I walked away just – Excited at the film, you know, because there's just in their movie alone, there was so much excitement. And also just the interplay of all those guys that were on that trip, you know, took that trip together, what they had to learn about each other. 
So quite, quite amazing. The beauty of the West, yeah, all of that. You know, and yeah. one final interesting piece, to, or wonderful piece to that story is those horses this summer are on their way to a program in Montana where they'll actually take um, returning vets out riding a program of working with vets. Oh, wow. You know, I, I have a feeling that there's some uh, continuation of stories to every one of the movies that you showed because everybody, they weren't so much committed to making the movies. They were committed to the 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 goal or the 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 whatever it is they were trying to do you know like show the mustangs the quality of mustangs and and they just then they were documenting and it was like every movie was that way just to find out what a what a surfer goes through and, yeah. and trying to find big waves and and how they work as you know what a what a ohana the surf community is and it's just fantastic and it's um, Tanya Howard we're talking with the founder and the director of the Waimea Ocean Film Festival, and I know I've asked you in the past how it all got started. You didn't sit down and say, I'm going to create an ocean film festival. <laughs> I don't, if you mind, do you want to give a, a brief overview of how how it has developed and it's, it's in an organic and with your passion, this has developed as it has from the first year. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, it was a bit of an accident. I just saw one film really that I thought seemed so important that it should be shown here. And the idea grew from there um, after talking with some people of having a series of films um, that told a story about what was happening in the ocean. So I initially found six films and rented a theater myself um, five weeks from the time I I called to find if they had a a date available and um, and showed the films, but I, I really had only meant to, to make that a one-time showing, and it never occurred to me to, to continue on from there. And it was the response of people that went to the film festival that said more and more, right? Right. They asked if I would bring the films then to, um, well, Four Seasons. Um, people asked if I'd bring it to Kona, to Hilo, then if I'd bring them to Maui, then to Oahu, and then people started to ask if I'd bring them on tour, those films around the mainland and then on tour around Canada. Um, so after showing them in eight different places, I realized that this location here is so extraordinary. There are so many exceptional people right here on this island that instead of bringing this one set of films all around, we'd reorganize and think of it in, in, in a broader context, a larger event. And this is the seventh year, is that correct, the seventh year? Going into the seventh year, yeah. And again, January 2nd to the 5th, which is a Monday through Thursday up in Waimea, and I mentioned that it's HPA, Parker School, uh, the Mauna Kea Resort, the Fairmont, and I didn't mention Cajilo Theater, which is like the heartbeat of, of what you're doing. There's just there's wonderful presentations, and Chad Pashan and uh, Pomai, and they had the exhibit up, which was tied in with... Uh, the Makaliki, is that correct, what the exhibit they had at the Kihilu Theater? Right. Well, actually, the exhibit last year was um, was quite exceptional. It, it shared, it changes every year, but last year what we did was to share images from the first year of the Worldwide Voyage of Hokulea, working closely with Nakalaiva'a and, and everyone who runs the vessel Makali'i here. Um, but the Which images, would be the, the big island. Uh, navigation and, and uh, organization with Chad Fashan and his wife, Pomai, right? Right, and the other captains as well. You mentioned the Bertelmans, um, you know, right. Shorty, Bertelman, Chad Baibayan. They, um, and 
those captains also collectively have helped to captain um, Hokulea, captain and crew. So the Makali'i crew has been flying back and forth with the Hokulea crew and changing out and helping with the worldwide voyage as well. And uh, Barb, uh, Garcia from Kaola Magazine, we mentioned that they're uh, keeping that track of that in the Kaola Magazine, an ongoing uh, presentation of where they're at. I think they're on the east coast, uh, the east coast right now. And yeah, it was just wonderful to be, to be following that. But that that uh, exhibit you had last year uh, tied in with the movie with the Lime Ocean Film Festival was fantastic, and the presentation that they gave. I was in 1990, I think it was, when Shorty, Erdelman, and them were on the Hokulea, and they came down to Honan. Now it was before cell phones, and and I went down and, and covered it for a local radio station, and and I, it, you know, I, I spent years. I've never pieced it all together, and then when I saw Shorty a couple of years ago, I was going, "Oh, Shorty, we that way that," I, and when Clay started the Makali'i here, Clay Bertelman, you know, really wanted to bring that education to our Big Island. Uh, young people and to the whole community and 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 Mao and and the building of it. It really wasn't until the Waimea Ocean Film Festival two years ago that I had like an aha moment and all those moments in time, for me, started to tell a story that I really hadn't understood the impact of what they had been doing. So it, it was uh, it was pretty aha moment for me watching all those films that you had. Oh, I'm glad that that brought it together for you. And and I'm glad you noticed that exhibit as well. That that exhibit was down to the wire, um, and it was a little. It was it had been my my brilliant idea that it would be interesting to see the images from the current voyage. But the reality of what it took to to actually get those images in hand and get them off to the printer and printed and hung in time for the festival. And and people wouldn't realize that, you know, but wow, it was wonderful. And the presentation was beautiful. I think it was about an hour, hour and a half or so, but from the hula and walking from each one and giving Pat, uh, uh, Chad and everybody that associated with the Hokulea and telling stories. And it was very, it was very moving. It was uh, wonderful. So, so many elements to the Waimea Ocean Film Festival, as Tanya Howard, the founder and director, we're talking with, and we really just want everybody to know that they can go to Waimea Ocean Film Festival and keytab.org and keytabs, and they can buy the Kamaina passes are going to be up there soon. Also, what you can do in terms of staying at the Lapuna Beach Prince Hotel, if you have some of your visitor friends get that Kamaina rate they're offering to the Waimea Ocean Film Festival. But January 2nd through the 5th, up in uh, Waimea and at Mauna Kea Resort, the Fairmont, January 6th through the 10th at the Four Seasons Resort, Hualalai, at Historic Kaupulehu. And Tanya, anything else at this time? We'll be talking to you a lot between now and then, but anything else today that you'd like to mention? No, sounds great, Emily. It's always wonderful to talk with you and, and always wonderful to see see your, see you around the festival as well. Oh, I love being a supporter of it. It's, uh, it's very special. And as, as and I know you're so grateful to all these venues and the and your sponsor. We'll talk about some of them later. But you really have uh, rallied the community uh, behind you, and it's it's wonderful to see how how people are, are are not just sponsors but the attendees. I mean, most of the films I went to last year they were pretty full houses. That was really neat to see. 
So congratulations. Yeah, that's a good point, Emily. And I, and I should say that we couldn't put on the festival without our sponsors and our patrons and our supporters. And so you're right. A big thank you to everyone who. Yeah, you're, you're real that. good about acknowledging everybody that supports. You do a wonderful job with that in the program and up on the big screens when people are coming into the into the venues. And so uh, it's obviously some nice partnerships. I sure enjoyed it being a supporting sponsor last year. I even ran up and got a picture of it all on the screen. It was a, it was a nice touch. So uh, Tanya Howard, founder and director of the Waimea Ocean Film Festival. Mark your calendars January 2nd through the 5th in Waimea area. And it moves out into the four seasons on uh, January 6th through the 10th. And that will be upon us in no time. So thanks, Tanya. Appreciate the time. Have a lovely day. Great. Thank you, Emily. It's the Emily T. Gale Show, ESPNHawaii.com, and it's always a pleasure to be at Matalani Resort, one of my favorite places on the Big Island of Hawaii. For that matter, one of my favorite places on Earth, the Matalani Resort. And for a lot of reasons, they just, uh, the Hawaiiana that goes on here at Matalani Resort is great, but they've also, they've done such a great job at keeping um, the tradition of golf uh, in, in the spirit of not just the the game of golf, but Hawaiiana. And one of the things I love is they've got, they they have continued one of the oldest events on the Big Island. It's the, the Big Island Amateur. And coming up in, in August is the 93rd Big Island Amateur Championship, Amateur Golf Championship. And that is a, that's a wonderful legacy. And what a wonderful venue, Manalani Resort, to be continuing that legacy. And I've got with me today Tom Sersley, who's the director of golf at Manalani Resort, now Thomas Shiro, and Jeff Keyes, who is uh, now a Class A PGA pro. Congratulations, Jeff. Thank you, Emily. Yeah. So and now um, I know you've been uh, kind of at the helm of this uh, Big Island Amateur for a while, and doing the same thing again this year. So let's talk about the, the, the dates of it and, you know, some of the things you'd like the listeners to know, whether they're going to play in the event or come out and spectate, because it's a wonderful event to spectate, because it's every level of golfer. Yeah, it is. Um, well, this will be our 12th year. We're hosting it here at Manalani here. We started in 2005. And, um, yeah, so um, we do allow spectators to come on along just to uh, follow the golfers. There are pretty, some pretty good golfers out here too so it's pretty good to watch come out and watch so uh 36 hole event it is a 36 okay. hole event a stroke uh, play event let's explain to people play. what stroke play means yeah, stroke play basically everybody plays their own ball and we don't have no um uh, handicaps as far as the championship flight is concerned and to um get the big island uh, amateur champion um and then uh, for the championship flight uh it would be people with index of 3.9 and below and then we also have the A flight, which is between 4.0 and 9.0, and B flight is from 9.1 to 14.2. And what I like about that is, uh, of course, the championship flight—that's where the the winner of the over, the overall winner comes from. But it also gives a lot of good players on the on throughout the state that can come play in it in the event and play in the A and B flight. And you're going to have some uh, net competition which would be uh low gross minus their handicap yeah actually actually emily this is kind of uh, kind of a special thing for the big island so it's going to be basically for big island residents yeah it's a bit so we call it the big island i should know that yeah yeah. (laughs) okay so yeah so it is kind of exclusive to people uh living on a big island so and you know and 
just like the name says, the Big Island Amateur has got a long history. Uh, let's just go through so, who some of the winners have been over the last last couple of years. So let's go uh, start with last year. Last year we had uh, Dalen Yamauchi, uh, who actually, he also won it in 2010. Um, he, I believe he graduated from UH Hilo he a couple of years ago, I believe. Uh, uh, last, yep. last year? Last year. Was it yep. last year? Yep. So, um, and then now um, he's still playing as an amateur and trying to um, become a better player. And, and, and well that he's done. I mean, I think when you look at the last four or five years, which we'll go over, the people that have won the event, they've all, you know, rightfully so, they're right up at the top of their game. And particularly right now, like Dalem was uh, one of the first alternates at the um, uh, U.S. Open qualifying down in Hokalia recently. I had a chance to talk with him. He was just ecstatic at how well he played. And he's trying to groom his game to, to turn professional. But as you said, he won in 2010, also 2015. And he did win a couple of events in the uh, Division Two when he played for University of Hawaii Hilo. So he's still working on his game and doing well. Sean uh, Katahara, he won in 2014? Yep, Sean Katahara, he, he also won in uh, okay. 2014. And he's you know probably one of the top players in the state maybe. Um, so yeah, he's doing pretty good and he'll be coming out again, I'm sure, this year. And, and uh, Sean was runner-up last year, but some interesting thing with Sean, he recently was the medalist at uh, Turtle Bay for the U.S. Junior Amateur. So I think it's even this week he's down in Tennessee playing in that junior amateur. And uh, that's why I was looking at the dates of it to see if he was going to be here for the Big Island Amateur. I'm sure he will, although he's got a pretty busy schedule because he's playing so well. <laughs> so he's really on tour these days. But yeah. I'm sure he'll be here if, if he can. And uh, Tom, Tom Sersley, Director of Golf. I remember uh, at, the, at the Hawaii State Open, which you host uh, every year. A couple of years ago, you were pretty excited that Sean Katahara, Katahari, is that Katahira. Katahira. and, and uh, Steve Variato who's from Hilo, and Steve, of course, played on the PGA Tour, the Champions Tour, and you ended, it was great, because we got a picture of Sean and Steve that year together, and what you liked about that, was it 50 years in between when they had played in the amateur or something? Both from Hilo, and 50 years ago, uh, 1964, Steve won, and then they got to meet each other 2014 when Sean had won the yeah, uh, big on amateur. So, and they had a nice visit, and you can really just see what a career does. And Steve had so many great memories of Hilo. He would tell the stories of uh, even this ML Carl Smith who won it 16. sixteen times. Well, Steve used to play golf with him when he was an older gentleman. So you can just see it going from the nineteen twenties to the nineteen sixties to the to right now to two thousand. How it just passes, especially in the great tradition they have at Hilo Municipal. All those guys were from Hilo. Well, of course, Hilo has been such a hotbed of producing great players, but um, I thought it was great that you, I remember you really wanted to get that picture, and I think it was great that you really did, because it told such a story, just as you're saying there, and I see you have a list of some of those those past winners. How far back do you go with your list there, all the way to... 1924. 1924. Anything? This, this ML Carl Smith won it, how many times? 16. Now? 16 times. His first time was in 1928, and his last time was in 1965. And Steve won it in 64, so he used to play a lot of golf with this Mr. Carl Smith. Well, he must have been a heck of a player. 
uh, yeah, that many times. and I, I remember also seeing uh, Kevin Hayashi and Steve Arriata and, and uh, Scott Simpson and all of them sitting in the uh, it's uh, Shiano's Shiano's now uh, your, your wonderful restaurant here at the Montalani Golf Clubhouse. All of them talking about the great stories of the great players that came out of Hilo, and that that was really really fun to see. So um, now once again, it's uh, going to be on August 13th and 14th. Spectators are are welcome. For those that want to enter, though, you do have a deadline date. And let's talk about what it costs to enter and uh, some of the specifics of the weekend. Yes, yeah, so the deadline date is uh, Sunday, August 7th. Um, and the price will be $175 for the whole tournament. And it does include a lunch at Shiono on a selected uh, menu um, on Saturday. Uh, only, so. And, of course, practice rounds. Everybody likes to play their practice rounds. Those are available to everybody. Correct. After. They can they can play the practice round for $50 after uh, July 29th. Okay. No no doubt you'll probably have a pretty full field. I looked at some of the other names there, too, uh, Tom, uh, like uh, Doug Oki. Doug, he won in what, 2001 and 2003. Now, there's a, a, a typical example of somebody who is a, a good player but very busy with his business, right? Is it 808? Uh, would they have a company? Aren't they? Re- aren't, uh, 808 Electric? Because they're big sponsors of the Hawaii State Open, aren't they? Are big supporters. Well, actually, Doug and Wally are both supporters, big supporters of the Big Island Amateur. As well, okay. Yeah, they enjoy the... Uh, State open also, but I think because uh, Doug's daughter is a good, real good junior player okay. out of Hilo, and it's such a family, again, such a family uh, following for them that uh, they're just great. So if Doug can make it, he makes it. Some years when he plays, he hasn't played at all. Other years he's gotten to play uh-huh. some. He's, he's gotten very, gotten back to being very competitive now. Few few years there, I don't think he was playing too much. So. But I did. I knew they were big supporters of, of all the events that you do. But it's the Big Island Amateur where they they put a lot of their support, huh? Yeah, there's been a That's lot. That's really of nice. What that, what's what's the other gentleman's name? Um, Willie. You no, know, and the gentleman uh, who brought it here, the uh, Willie Willie Wilton. Yes, okay. Willie. It, oh, yeah, oh, Willie. Yeah, yeah, Willie has been one of your supporters. Well, he, he Willie basically is one he came of them it's, it's very important to, to Willie to keep it alive. For a while there, it was a little bit in limbo mm-hmm. as if it was going to keep going. And he he fought hard, and we've helped. He's helped us. We've helped him to try to keep it going. So hats off to Willie. And then his group of guys that played with him really got got it going again i think it's in in good state now yeah, yeah and i can i think i remember kind of when it was getting going there it, it, it had to get some momentum behind mm-hmm. it again but it hasn't taken long to to end up with a stellar field uh, yeah. each year and a and a very competitive field and a and a very prestigious field and a prestigious win when people win the big island amateur there's there's no question that people feel now, that the year sierra won it was probably the Really emotional one, the first lady to win it. And there's a chance she may play this year now, said that you've talked to her mother or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that because I, I, I took some notes about that. The first time I ever heard Sierra Men's name, and Sierra won the event, the first lady to win in 2013. And the first time I ever heard Sierra's name was uh, Dean Wilson, who was representing Montelani Resort. Tom, you had a, and now you had a uh, Dean Wilson day out here. Mm-hmm. And the Flynn's. 
from Detroit. And Paul Forte and Nancy Clavel and that whole group, they were so excited because they were paired with Sierra Men. I think she was like a 10 or 12-year-old at the time. And they never stopped talking about Sierra Men. So every year they would write me, how's she doing this year, you know? And then the year she won this, won the the uh, Big Island Amateur. It was fantastic. But uh, did you say that you thought Sierra was going to be back because she just recently... Of course, a Waikia graduate, like so many of these players, are graduating from Waikia over in Hilo. And also, uh, Lee Hardy is their swing coach, a lot of them. But she, um, yeah, oh, and Lee Hardy won in 1996. Now is just showing me this. I didn't realize that. Boy, he's, he's produced a lot of good players, too, hasn't he? But uh, Sierra was recently the medalist where she tried to qualify for the U.S. Women's Amateur in Oregon, and she was the medalist. She's a, a, a senior at Gonzaga um, College right now. But she's pretty excited about that. And her goal is to win the U.S. Amateur. Uh, the person that holds that title right now, or uh, the youngest who ever won it, was uh, Kimberly Kim, mm-hmm. also known as Kim Kim. And a little piece of trivia there, she she uh, was 14 years old when she won it as the youngest, was she started playing her golf here at Montelani Resort. Did you know that, Tom? Mm-hmm. Kim Kim, they call her. Mm-hmm. And I remember playing with her when she was about eight years old. <laughs> so Montelani has such a tradition of uh, encouraging golf at every level, junior golf, college level, certainly at the the, the PGA Tour level with the senior skins that was here for so many years, and I, I contend that's what put Hawaii on the map as far as golf, was Manalani hosting the, the senior skins. But bringing this big island amateur back to the, the the stature that it's had in prior years has got to be a pretty good feeling, huh, now? Yeah, I think so, yep. A lot of people are always excited to play this tournament. And some of these players, Jeff Strang is another one uh, that has won two years in a row, is it was he where was he way back there back in two and two thousand eleven, and uh, so what'd you find out about Sierra Min talking to her mom that she might be here to play? Yeah, she actually just called because she was going to school um, in the mainland, of course, and so she was wondering if she can she qualify to play in it. So oh yeah, just come on out. You know, she's still, we're a still re- re- Big Island resident, so oh. yeah, sure. Now I wasn't here that year that she won, but Tom, you said it was a pretty emotional uh, a win. I mean, what was what was the uh, the mood when when Sierra? Because all the guys respect her her level of play, but pretty well, exciting. She to play the same tees, so she's playing the black tees. It's a windy day. It was uh, very difficult conditions, and even when she teed off, I don't think anyone thought she would really have the power to to stick the whole day uh-huh. but she was so on with her her game and she she beat the win and she beat the guys and she won fair and square and they were all real proud of her it was really fun to see they all were happy that she did because she played very well she earned it yeah i think there's a lot of mutual respect that goes on between the men and women and and i think a lot of that is fostered through the hawaii state junior golf association because they all play so many events together they all a lot of the reasons they're able to go play in the mainland is because of the Hawaii State Junior Golf Association, and they realize the importance of being mutually supportive. And Jeff, how about yourself? How, what what's your uh, background as far as uh, the Big Island? You, is this an event that you're just getting familiar with? Yeah, just getting familiar with. I've been here last year to kind of help around with the tournament. But like you guys are saying, Tom, and now I mean, there's a whole lot of history to this event and tradition that it's you know just an honor to be a part of it and. You know, I got to see it for the first time last year. It just amazed me at the level of golfers that come out here and just seeing them hit the ball and striking the ball is just amazing to see. Wonderful, 
wonderful golfers out there. Give us a little bit of your background as an amateur leading into deciding to want to be a pro. Yeah, so I grew up, you know, on the island of Maui. Uh, my dad and his dad were big golfers themselves, but tried to get me into the game young. Wasn't really interested at that time. Golf wasn't really a big, you know, uh, popular sport. So when I got a little older into college, I got more into it. And then went to school out at the University of Oregon and got into the uh, business, kind of graduated with a business degree and thought, where could I take that? And, okay. you know, got really into golf and moved out to Oregon, Bend, Oregon, where I decided to pursue the game and try to become a teaching professional or a Class A PGA professional, and then uh, moved back here and finished up with the program. So now a Class A professional here at Manalani. So when you talk about the program, the apprentice program with the PGA of America. Uh-huh. So it's just a three-level program where they teach you all sides of the business part of being a professional, PGA professional. So you do a lot of uh, book work, a lot of business side of it, also a lot of teaching side of, of the game. You use the word just, but I think you could take that out of it because it's a fairly rigorous program. Yeah, <laughs> People don't yeah. realize that. Time-consuming and, yeah, very, very big program. Once you make that commitment, you got to stay you with gotta it. you got to stick yeah. with it, and you got to go straight forward with the program if you want to finish. Well, congratulations. Thank and, of course, you. you've landed at a place that has such a history. We're sitting in, in the office here, uh, the director of golf, Tom's office, and I love this, the, you know, the big surfboard up here with uh, Francis H. Lee E. Brown, the picture of the father of Hawaii off 1892 to 1976 and you know the the, the actually the francis brown was a quite a, a golfer himself and and he um at one point he was the amateur champion of hawaii japan and california so continuing this this history of the big island amateur is only following in the footsteps of what uh francis uh, Brown would like, but also Kenny Brown, who was the descendant of Francis Brown, and and he was kind of the guardian of the Manalani when they built the golf courses in 1981, and he's the one that really kept fostering that belief in golf. Would you say it now? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he really made, we promoted golf, and I was great. How did you get involved in golf? Um, just loved the game, just enjoyed the game, and just wanted to kind of pursue something I wanted to get into, and just kind of went that way. Played as a junior? Or not really, no? not really. I kind of started to just play a lot when I moved here 23 years uh -huh. ago. Yep. Okay. So, yep. So started as a recreational golfer then? Correct. Wow. Yes. And, and Tom, how about you? Did you play as a junior golfer and college golfer? Or what was your background that led you to, to turn it into a career? Yeah, just kind of like now. My family played. I played in high school, played in college, and then uh, turned, uh, got a chance to go to work for a, a real nice, uh, a real good golf professional in the Northwest uh -huh. and really loved it and ended up here. So. It, it's since 2002, you say, was it? 2003. 2003. So you've already had a pretty long career here at, at Manalani Resort, kind of the hotbed. So talking about Francis Brown, okay, the first golf course was built in 1981, and you call that the classic course now, right? Do you ever use that as a, and have that? Well, rarely. Rarely, okay. A couple times a year. Once in a while, a couple times a year, we all get to play the original course because the two courses now, the north and south, are sort of a combination of what was the, the first 18 holes and then evolved into the second. So the tournament itself will be played on the Big Island Amateur, August 13th and 14th. Spectators certainly are welcome to come out and watch and uh, played on both courses? Now? No, actually, we just play on the north course on okay. that tournament, yeah. 
And then just to let you know, this year um, we kind of made a change on the on the flight. We used to have a senior flight, but due to um, not enough turnout, we just eliminated the senior uh, championship flight, and we just created the A to be at the lower index, and we could also um, have a B flight that we didn't have the last few years. And so. those are well represented too with some pretty good players. Oh yeah, oh yeah, they're always. In fact, what happened was a lot of the seniors, they were able to get into the A, a um, flight. So they actually played in the A flight. That's why this, the senior flight was so small. So we thought this year we might do away without the senior flight and create a B flight. And women, women uh, have you had women in all the flights or any of the flights other than Sierra in the past? No, in the past, I think we had few in the A flight that played in it. But um, yes... In this, in the championship flight was maybe another Brittany. Brittany also also played in that a few Ada. years ago. Yes, Brittany Ada, yes. who's out yes. playing on the uh, Symmetra Tour, and and just uh, she was able to play one event in the LPGA Tour. And Tom just had uh, for a moment there had the uh, the Open on, and I was reading something Tom here where. Uh, who, well, it was yesterday that what Phil Mickelson almost shot sixty two, right? Which would have been a record at Troon. Was that right? Everyone saw that until you. That was. That was amazing. Yeah. But I, I read here where Francis Brown at one time held the Hawaii course record at St Andrews with a sixty-two prior to nineteen twenty-four British Amateur. So a whole lot of history uh, is involved in the Brown family and the and uh, the the legends of golf here. It, wouldn't you say? I mean that's that's a that's quite an accolade of the, the the history that Francis Brown has brought to the the game of golf. And so it's the Big Island Amateur we're talking about. It's going to be on August uh, 13th and 14th at the Montelani Resort, 36-hole event. And, you know, I just want to, I want to make mention, Tom, you, everybody at Montelani is using the Hawaiian terms so much now. What, what is the, the proper name or how do you pronounce it of the fish pond area? think you have it on your on your sweatshirts and stuff now you don't know okay but you every every uh once a month you have the uh down at the fish ponds has the the uh twilight twilight down at the fish ponds. what is it kalahupia we'll have to find out from danny akaka but i i mentioned that because just to show that uh, manalani resort while we talk about it often as far as golf there's so many wonderful hawaiiana events that come up that take place at at Manalani resort so anything else that you'd like to mention how about some of the other players in those other flights like peter rice does he play each year he does he, he'll be playing the championship flight actually yep in the so, championship uh -huh. and tom you made mention uh last year where you talked about uh, what's so fun is a lot of these players as we said they they play competitive in high school and in college and they come back there's a lot of pride even though some of them only have time to play once a month and i ran into someone the other day at wyclow automotive who's been fixing working on my car for a number of years and i found out his name is brian culbertson his father owns the the uh, wyclow automotive and he'll be playing in this and he was playing in the U.S. Open qualifying, and he is a perfect example of someone that played high school golf. I had no clue he was a golfer, but he's someone who, you know, 10 years later is pursuing his golf, and it's, it's because of events like this that people can keep working on their game and tee it up and see what they can do on that particular day. So, Jeff, any thoughts uh, you want to share about uh, being part of Montelani Resort and the great history that's here? No, yeah, so a lot of history to this golf course, going back with Francis H.E. Brown and just keeping the tradition alive and keeping the golf game alive here. It's great to be a part of. 
just an honor to be here. Uh-huh. Yeah. Did you play many amateur events? No, not really. Not the competitive type of golfer. Uh-huh. Just like to go out there and have fun. Uh, like to grow the game a little bit more with the youngsters too. So we do a lot of teaching here. Whether you're a junior golfer or up to an avid golfer, we do a lot. Have a great teaching facility here. Well, let's talk about that. If uh, somebody wants to get on your mailing list, they can drop their business card off in the golf shop. Uh, you've done a really nice job of sending out communication regarding the clinics that you give, and you're giving them, you know, you've had junior clinics and very reasonably priced. And you've had uh, clinics for uh, co-ed, for people, men and women together, and you've had clinics where, where the women are separate from the men. You're really tailoring to the different demographics and uh and what I like about it is your price is really nice for yeah. people. I think it's very affordable, and what a nice thing for them to be able to come out to Montelani. And uh, so who's teaching with you? Is that Ben Greenwell? And yeah, yourself? so we got two other uh, teaching professionals here. Ben Greenwell, who's been living on the Big Island, grew up and born and raised here. And then we also have Corey Huber here from California that's okay. now part of the teaching team here. But, yeah, just like doing a lot of clinics now, just tailoring to all kinds of golfers, whether you're an amateur, whether you're an avid golfer, junior golfers, but, you know, just want to get the, the golfers out here to the course and tailoring to them in any way, whether we got to separate the, the clinics, uh, women alone, we do a lot of women-only uh, clinics, whether you're working on a certain part of the game, but, yeah, really tailoring to, to people and what, what their needs are. Well, let's let's talk about that a little bit because, uh, you know, to be able to come out to Montelani Resort and take a clinic is, is a pretty nice thing. And people can come out here and use the driving range and the putting green at any point in time, right? Have a nice lunch at Shiono's and stop in the golf shop and pick up some local wear. But uh, when you said you want to, you know, cre- create more players – by judging by the parking lot being full today, <laughs> I think people are also really appreciate appreciate those comma minor rates that you're offering on a, on a regular basis. So, so um, now some comments just about the activity that you've had out here at Montelani Resort, the Big Island Amateur. Yeah. So yeah, if you want to play in it, please sign up for it. It's going to be uh, like I said, the deadline is August seventh, uh, Sunday. So please sign up by that time. And, um, yeah, come on out. We also always have that Kamaina special going on all the time. So uh, get on the email list. And I would suggest anybody to come into the Manalani Golf Shop and take a walk around. I'm looking at Tom's wall right here, some of these wonderful pictures of the people that played in the Manalani Senior Skins from 1990 to 2000, was it, Tom? Mm-hmm. And uh, from Ray Floyd, Jack Nicholas, Arnold Palmer, Chichi Rodriguez, Gary Player. I, I say I would never be covering golf and writing golf and doing things if it hadn't been for Manalani Resort. In those early days, I was real involved in the organizing and the getting volunteers and everything else. And uh, Barry, Barry Frank, who was at the ESPN, of course, that was an ABC special that they ran every year right before the Super Bowl. It had a, a tremendous exposure, and uh, I, I'd say that's what really did put golf on the map for the, the Big Island. But you're doing, you're continuing it with the Big Island Amateur again, August 13th and 14th. And if you want, if anybody's got questions, they can give now a call at what's your phone number there now? 808 885. Six six five five. Okay, let's see. Make a mention of Dick Gillette. He's somebody that's done well, hasn't he? In the in the championship division, does he play in? Yeah, he does play in. A, he one year he played in a uh, senior flight, but uh-huh. I think it's that, that that year he was um, hurt a little. So, but now he's cha- playing in a championship flight, and he's always up there. Yeah, he's I see some there. names here that are recurring. Tom, last thoughts to anybody about the Big Island Amateur or anything going on here at Montelani Resort? 
No, it's just a kind of a big party for these guys. They see each other once a year. A lot of them get together, and it's uh, it's a little bit like the state open on a much smaller scale. Uh, they really get a kick out of telling the stories and talking about how they played 20, 30 years ago, all the way through. Each year, they get a little bit older, and the guys who were more competitive, it's a little tougher, but they still come out and support it, so it's a lot of fun for us. I, I agree with you. I think it's really precious to see people. I mean, I was a junior golfer. I grew up playing a lot of amateur golf, turned professional, you know, tried to do that. And it's really fun to get around people that you, you had that history with, you know, that, that really identify with the fact that we're all still trying to play play our best golf, right? Now you know that. You're out there practicing all the time. So uh, it, it's pretty special. And, and Tom, you mentioned the... Uh, the Hawaii State Open, just like to, you know, give kudos to Manalani Resort for continuing that, coming back, what, the third or is it the fourth year coming back in December? Well, this will be our fourth year. Fourth year. Mm-hmm. And what a fantastic event you've done with, with the Hawaii State Open to have it on the Big Island so all the, the pros from across the state come. But the Big Island Amateur is just Big Island Amateurs. And, again, August 13th and 14th, 36-hole stroke yeah, play think, event. I think this will be our fifth year. Fifth, really? Because I think Dean's won it twice. And, Mason. Nick's won it twice. Nick's, okay. So I think this will be our fifth year. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what, in the, what, a, what a wonderful thing that was when you took that over and brought it to the Big Island, the Hawaii State Open. And how beautifully that is well run with the Aloha Section PGA in partnership with Manalani Resort. Well, it's right before Christmas. So, again, the people come over once a year. They see people before the holidays. The, the resort's all decorated so beautifully. And it's really a fun event. We've got, I think this year Mike Reed's coming, one of the touring pros on the senior tour. We've got more and more guys coming because it's, it's more of a party and a fun time to, to see your buddies. And, and let's face it, even in that senior division, awfully competitive with uh, uh, Scott Simpson, who Jeff Conklin, was it Jeff played in it? What's his last name, Jeff? Costin. Costin from uh, He played on the Champions Tour this year, didn't he? Yeah, so it's attracting some pretty good players, uh, not just because of the venue, but as Tom says, because they get to play with a lot of their old, uh, uh, who do I want to say, Ohana, Ohana. <laughs> people that they played with. So a couple of great events at Montelani Resort, the Hawaii State Open that comes up in December, but coming up in August, the Big Island Amateur Golf Championship. It's the 93rd year, so congratulations to Montelani Resort for, for continuing that legacy. And thanks to Tom Searcy, Director of Golf, and now Thomas Shiro, Operation Manager. <laughs> at the, yeah. at the uh, And you, what a great job you do. You're a great communicator. Yeah, you've got a great staff. And you do. Ben's not here today, and... Corey's new to our staff, and Lori, all the girls in the shop. So they all kind of really enjoy it when we have tournaments like this. It's fun for them. The understatement of your staff, you know, from down at the guest services, upstairs. Katie has been here for how many years? Katie's probably been here 20 years or so. But you're right, Tom. It is a great staff, and they all seem to be very proud to be part of Montelani Resort. And I'm always... uh, pleased to get a chance to talk to you guys <laughs> and as i say one of my favorite places on earth monolani resort and without a doubt my favorite golf courses on earth <laughs> and uh it's always always good to get over here and see you so thanks very much guys Thank yeah, thanks, all right take care it's the emily t gale show here on espn hawaii.com you can also get the free podcast at itunes and at emily t gale facebook and oh lots of other places so thanks again guys appreciate it oh i just stopped by uh, bike works beach and sport at queen's marketplace because just want to remind everybody about the um, Sea to Stars 
bicycle race. Not because it's a race that everybody would race in, but they are always looking for volunteers for the aid stations. And the Hawaii Cycling Club is uh, hosting this event and is presented by Bike Works. And I'm with Rich Bell. And as always, Rich, you just seem to be right in there arranging. Let's see, the last time I talked to you, you were doing the Century Ride. That's right. You were, yes. you were arranging the whole thing on that one. Uh, I was the event director, but a lot of help from HCC. Yeah. It's always a team effort. And it is a team effort. That's what I love about Hawaii Cycling Club. It's the best $20 you can spend being a member of the Hawaii Cycling Club. Yeah, definitely. Number one, encouraging what they're doing, which is encouraging new riders to very seasoned riders. And the Sea to Stars uh, race coming up August 6th is definitely uh, probably for more seasoned riders. Oh, yeah. It's uh, a high-end event. Um, it's USAC um, licensed and um, insured. And... Um, it's uh, it's going to be a fun time. It's a very challenging ride. It's going to be um, it's going to be awesome. It's a world class event. Nine nine thousand foot elevation climb. Uh, yeah, I think it's more like ten. Yeah, it's closer 10. to ten. Okay. You, you get up to about nine thousand foot. Well, tell but, those you know, of us that you know don't know that route a little bit. It's going to start. Uh, you start here, here at Queens here Marketplace. Okay, yeah, and, um, and then you'll head up Waikoloa Village Road. Um, 12 miles up that, and then a little section of the upper road okay. to get to the old saddle road. Um, and then you have 10-ish miles of the old saddle road to get to uh, the new section. And then another 17-ish miles. Really? Okay. And then six miles up the white uh, up Mauna Kea access road. So it's 46 miles or so in total, right? Is that um, what I understand? Yeah, like it's, it's closer to 50, 48-ish, 48, 49, so something tell like us that. about you organizing the aid station. How many aid stations would there be along the way? There will be way? five. Okay. Five aid stations. Um, one at Waikolo Village Road. Okay. Then there's two along the Old Saddle Road. It's a pretty challenging section with a lot of ups and downs and sort of slow climbs. Times. And then there's uh, one along the um, the New Saddle Road near okay. the Mauna Kea Recreation Area, okay. which is very nice. It's been redone by the county. And then there's another one at the base of Mauna Kea Access Road. And how many people do you put at each age station? Mm, like two or three. Okay. And, um, uh, just to, you know, hand out Gatorade and snacks and well, things like that. Well, one of the nicest yeah. things about volunteering with the Hawaii Cycling Club, they have a wonderful volunteer shirt. Oh yeah, you get a free sh- you get a free shirt. <laughs> but it's a nice shirt. It really <laughs> and is a nice shirt. And all the Gatorade you can drink. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Rich Bell, I mean, you're a biker. You've done a lot of biking during your. You know, you haven't said you haven't been biking much late because you've been really busy here as a. I, they say bike mechanic at Bike Works teaches for, but you're more like carrying your background of being an engineer into your work here, right? Yeah, you do a little bit of everything. Yeah. It's so sophisticated yeah. now. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, bikes are, um, you know, like anything else. They get more and more complicated every year. So some of the things that it would be on, you know, even more seasoned riders, the new bikes, uh, Grant was telling me recently that I know little about derailers and everything, but the evolution of even what's happened with all of that. Yeah, uh, we have electronic shifters now. Um, That's pretty commonplace. We have hydraulic disc brakes everywhere, um, carbon fiber everything. Um, so it's very exciting. And how does that translate for the recreational rider as well as the more experienced rider? Just makes it easier. They don't have to be as focused when they're shifting, or yeah, you, it it can um, like being cover in a new car some, compared to a stick shift or something. A little bit, yeah. I mean, it, it does enhance the experience. It makes it a little easier. There's a, um, you know, it, it does make front shifting a little more reliable. Uh-huh. Perhaps maybe fewer drop chains. You know. Um, 
It can make quicker shifts, you okay. know, in a race scenario, if you're climbing and the shift is a little bit faster than your competitor, then, um, you know, you're going to gain a couple of bike lengths. And even if you're not competing, shift. I rode that, that turbo, specialized turbo, turbo yeah. uh, Evo the other day. Yeah, How much great. fun was that? Just yeah, to have those the pedal assisted. I mean, I rode over some stuff that I would have never been able to ride over on my own mountain bike. Yeah, the pedal, the, um, Hybrid bikes okay. are, uh, for lack of a better word, because it is powered by yourself still, yeah. and then um, the electric motor is going to assist you. Um, and so that's kind of a new thing in bikes, so people can commute more easily. Um, it's it's taken a place of some of those car trips where yeah. you would have to drive your car to the store or whatever, but also it is a lot of fun. So you can take um, you know these off-road bikes to the top of certain climbs that you wouldn't be able to reach otherwise. I, I loved it. And would that for you was that is that a whole new level of what you're working on because of what's in that motor? Yeah, they part? they do make it pretty easily. We deal uh -huh. almost exclusively with specialized bikes, and um, there's good warranty support and there's good. Uh, technical assistance and um, not much goes wrong with them, honestly. Yeah, well, if we kind of shift gears there, but we really want to appeal to people to uh, hey, get in touch with Rich at Bikeworks Beach and Sport or go to the Facebook page. Facebook, or, we or started, started an Instagram thing recently. It's not super active, but we're trying to get. I'm trying to get more okay. social media awareness. Well, some wonderful uh, pictures were posted recently of all the trail cutting that's been also going on oh, yeah. on behalf of BikeWorks. I just sent Jeff a, a copy of the show I did with Grant a couple okay. weeks ago, which was really, we talked about a lot of things. Oh, and great. Yeah. We, I mean, we got into the trail cutting that's going on. Some of those pictures, there's a lot of people oh, okay. out there helping. Yeah, right i got to check it out. I haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, really great. Away. But it was just so great to see BikeWorks. You're just, you guys are just right there with everything that's going on. And not so much like piggybacking it, but really inspiring people to be part of what you're doing. Yeah, That's it's, cool it's easy because we're enthusiastic about it. It's something we, we enjoy. We have fun doing. So um, it's it's easy to, you know, try to spread the word. <laughs> so it's the uh, Sea to Stars. It's put on by a Hawaii Cycling Cub. You can go to their website and find out about all their events. I think they've got some time trials coming up mm -hmm. in July as well, which are for every level of rider. And um, so when I just came in here, I'm over at Waikoloa Beach Resort. I'm going to go over and hit some balls at the King's Course. And, you know, I, I get such a kick out of it because years ago, you'd go hitting balls at the uh, driving range. You'd never see anybody on a bike. Now when you're over there, you see people on bikes all the time. And really, that's, oh, that's, that's cool. the effects of seven years of BikeWorks Beach and Sport being out here on the Kohala Coast. But you see f entire families riding their bikes. So, yeah. You know, in the that's resort, nice. there's, there's three-mile and five-mile routes you can take right within the resort. Yes. You know, that are are safe and you're not out on the highway yeah, and it's really like neat. Yeah, it's really neat. So, Rich, I came walking in to the, to the back door here and you must have, gosh, 15 bikes out here at least. Yeah, we're supposed uh, to rent these bikes. And and so I wondered if they were ones that had come in today or they're going out? No, or they're, a little bit they're waiting for people to pick them up. They're, okay. um, they're going out. They're, um, some of them are reserved. Some of them are available and we have rentals all the time. So, um, you know, if anybody wants to rent a bike, come and on And every level bike from uh, a beach bike, kind of like, is this Jeff's right here, this big This is Jeff's tire? commuter bike, yes. Yeah, what do you call it? This is, well, he commutes on this bike, yeah. but it's a mountain bike. Yeah, I do see him commute on it out in the highway, but yeah. he takes that uh, fire road, doesn't he, to yeah, bike along? Yeah, yeah. So big fat tires. I mean, there's something to fit every level of what we are. And also, BikeWorks still has some of their demo bikes and rental mm. bikes for sale down at uh, bike works yeah, there's up. some good deals down there okay. for sure. Okay, you have some coming up, your hybrids uh, and stuff, your yes. rentals, that's We're what I'm waiting for. We're selling some of our LA um, aluminum frame road bikes. And when does that start? Uh, right now. Oh, I'll yeah. have to 
talk with you the next yeah, day yeah. or so. Yeah, totally. <laughs> all my bikes have gotten uh, have always been from your rental pools. Oh, good. It's a uh, it's a nice way to, to kind of see what you need, and particularly if you like to hang on to your old bikes. Yeah. So it's Richville. What else? Anything else you want to share about what's going? You got community bike rides on uh, Tuesday, start at eight thirty. Yeah, here that's at a fun thing. Sport. Getting always a, a nice fun crowd. Group. And, yeah. yeah. You split up according to the level of what that's people a fun ride. Bike they ride. don't have to worry about you know keeping up with everybody. Yeah, totally. It's a no drop ride. Just show up and um, have fun. And, and remember folks. that uh, bike works is a, it's a it's a total lifestyle. It's not just about bikes. It's about running gear. It's about hangout gear. It's about if you don't have the right shoes, if you're going ziplining, right? Yeah, you totally. Get like you can that. get casual stuff too. And I'm yeah. going in and getting a little some noon tablets. Oh, I yeah. think because you guys have finally convinced me that water is not enough. You need some electrolytes usually. If you're working out, you should probably replace some salts and some sugars. Yeah, yeah. and I yeah. used to kind of do that and sort of lost, you know, got away from it. But it does make a difference if you, you know, get a little more schooled about what we need. And uh, what a beautiful day in Hawaii, huh? Yeah, Lucky it's great. Of Hawaii. Okay, it's great. Rich Valley's going to jump in back. You, uh, <laughs> you're working on a kid's bike there. Yes. Is that a rental or somebody um, that's, uh, no, that's from the brand neighborhood? New brand new bike. We're going to sell it. Okay, all right. <laughs> so they're going to be a new owner real soon. Yeah. Okay, so it's Richville. It's August 6th. is the Sea to Stars uh, bicycle race put on by, presented by Bike Works and Hawaii Cycling Club. Rich is handling the eight stations. You can uh, give them a call at Bike Works 886-5000 or uh, get on their Facebook page and uh, let them know that you're available to volunteer. Thank you. Thanks, Rich. Nice to see you. Well, speaking of Bike Works, I'd like to... Just acknowledge them uh, for a lot of things they're doing. First of all, a lot of trail cutting up in Coloco and other areas around town for non-motorized uh, trails for non-motorized vehicles, whether it's people walking with their dogs, hiking, uh, mountain biking, uh, just a, doing a wonderful job. All the volunteers that are coming out, uh, Grant. Miller has been organizing that. Grant, one of the owner with his wife, Janet Hegan Miller, of the Bike Works Beach and Sport and Bike Works Kona and uh, Bike Works uh, down on Ali'i Drive and Kona Beach and Sport. And uh, they are just rallying out there for people to join them and do the trail cutting. I, They had quite a few people with the most recent Sunday afternoon, I think it was, and they really clearing out the trail up in Coloco. So Grant's pretty excited about the way people have responded for that. You can stop by Bike Works and find out more about that or go to their Facebook pages. And um, also want to mention that recently the Daniel Sare Foundation uh, had their gifting down at Kahalu Beach. And what they did was they were able to um, donate a life-saving device presented to the Ocean Safety Division of the Hawaii Fire Department. And what it is, it's a communication system. And that was made available through the efforts of uh, Janet and Grant Miller of Bike Works. And they had raised some money through their Cinco de Mayo swim back uh, a couple of months ago and uh, some of the other events they do their sunset run and were able to raise uh, enough money that they were able to uh, create this communication system so they don't have to use bullhorns to alert surfers and snorkelers and swimmers so it's a it's a really wonderful major safety accomplishment for everybody on the island that gets outdoors and, and involved in recreation because there but for the grace of God are any one of us being someone who needs the services of the Hawaii Fire Department to for rescue and just uh Daniel Sare Foundation of course it's been going on for what 18 19 years now I think uh 
Dr. Frank Scher and Laura Scher lost their son Daniel to a hiking accident in the Potolu Valley area 19 years ago. And they saw how difficult it was for the rescue team to uh, res- recover Daniel's body and and the need for equipment. And so they vowed that day that they were going to do everything they could to help uh, raise monies for badly needed rescue equipment. So every year, the, the year round, they're fundraising, and but they've raised over a million dollars in over the course of the the years that they've had the foundation. And one of the things that they do is every year. Uh, this year it'll be September 3rd at the Fairmont Orchid. They have the Daniel Sayre Foundation annual dinner, and they acknowledge some of the firemen who were honored for going beyond the call of duty. They do a beautiful presentation of the rescue, the, talking about the rescues that the particular firemen who are being honored made. And it's really educational because they have videos of, you know, what happens like when they have to rescue a body. Like one of them last year was at Hapuna, and... And when they get tucked into the lava tubes and they can't really, you know, get reach the bodies and they have just the kind of equipment they need to do these rescues, you don't think about it. But when you see it in video form and and the their supervisors and the firemen themselves, you know, talk about the rescues and, and what they did that, that meant they went beyond the call of duty, it's pretty amazing that, uh, that we have such a skilled and committed team of safety rescue with the Hawaii Fire Department. And pretty amazing what the Daniel Sayre Foundation, with, as Frank and Laura would be the first to say, with the incredible support of the community over the years, the amount of monies and in-kind services they've been able to donate for the benefit of all of us with the community. So mark your calendar, September 3rd. It's a wonderful event. It's a great dinner. It's packed every year. They probably have four or 500 people. They have one of the best silent auctions on the island uh, for uh, uh, fundraising. Just just a, a very eclectic assortment of items um, from I, well, I won't even get into it. It's just a, just an event to put on your calendar. We'll talk about it more as we get closer to the date. So that is September 3rd at the Fairmont Orchid. And uh, I want to say some thanks to some of my supporters, Robert down at 808 Computers in the Conoco Shopping Center. And we're going to be talking. Uh, he had a bit of a scare recently. It was like pre-diabetic or just had to make some changes in his lifestyle. And He's pretty enthusiastic about those changes he's made and how much healthier he is. And he attributes it to a a book that he read, uh, Younger Next Year. So we're going to talk about what he learned and what he's learned about how to take better care of himself. But also, um, I just have to say thanks to him because of what I have learned about how to take better care of my files and my computer and backing up files and everything. So a big thanks to Robert and Donna at uh, 808 Computers down at the Conoco Shopping Center. They can also help you out remotely if you if you need help. Uh, Chick Kunitaki, Waiaha River Coffee, and the whole Kunitaki Ohana. They've, they've been friends for years and longtime supporters of the Emily T. Gale store. You can pick, show you can pick up their coffee at um, Dinah's in Halualoa, right next to Paul's Place, sweet little town of Halualoa. They do a wonderful job up there. All the small merchants. It's a wonderful place to take your visiting friends. They have a first Friday. Uh, each month and uh, lots of entertainment and open in the evenings and just a great little community Halua Love above Kailua Kona Waikoloa Beach Resort longtime supporters and I just love what they do at Waikoloa Beach Resort 
particularly love their family golf days. They do every afternoon. It looks like they are going to be extending it throughout the whole year. It used to just be summertime, but 3.30 every afternoon, uh, Keiki gets to play for $25 the, uh, for nine holes starting at 3 p.m., and the adult with them is uh, $50. But the Keiki get free rental clubs, junior rental, Nike rental clubs, and the adults get a reduced rate, $25, really nice rental clubs. And they also have a new twilight rate. I think it's uh, 2.30 it starts every afternoon. It, it's for $75. But a lot of nice things going on at Waikoloa Beach Resort. I am a huge fan of their King's Club. I am a realtor, and I know what an advantage it is for someone who owns property at Waikoloa Beach Resort, a condo, if they put it in a rental pool, even if they don't. If they're golfers and they have family members and friends that come visit, being a member of the King's Club gets some big discounts with golf and a lot of other amenities. So just toss that out there, the King's Club. If you want to know more, you can ask me about it because I, you know, like all up and down the coast, uh, you know, when people are buying properties at the resorts, there's certain amenities that fit certain needs that each family or whoever's buying a, a condo might need and if they're going to rent it or not rent it. And the King's Club really fits um certain specifics with when somebody owns property at Waikoloa Beach Resort, which is definitely a a residential community, as they all are, Manalani Resort and Mauna Kea Resort. And, you know, like Tanya mentioned earlier in the show, how much she appreciates the support of the Four Seasons Resort, Huala Lai and Mauna Kea, and talking about Manalani today and Waikoloa Beach Resort. They all are just tremendous assets to our Big Island community and the amount of monies they raise through the many events that they host and and support in many ways, from gift certificates to providing venues. And I'm a real fan of all the resorts on the Kohala Coast. I, I've watched from the last 30 years how they've evolved, become a very big part of our community. And they aren't just resorts. They're, they're people. They're residents. They're the, the people that work at the resorts. They all are what end up becoming the resorts. It's the people that that make them so special and all the efforts that they make to be, be part such a big part of our Big Island community. So I appreciate all the support I've had over the years from all the resorts. And um, Aloha Visitor Guides on newsstands everywhere. And uh, they are very generous about providing space. If you have an event and you want to get it into their magazine, um, Aloha Visitor Guides here on the island. is Big Island Visitor Guides, and they're complimentary on newsstands. So pick one up and take a look at their calendar, and you can send in your event to them, and uh, they'll, they'll list it for you. Also, uh, Keola Magazine, big supporters of the Waimea Ocean Film Festival, big supporters of the Hokulea that's taking the – it's out on the eastern uh, seaboard right now, the Hokulea taking their world tour showcasing uh, the navigation of uh, by, by the stars, the Hawaiiana cultural lessons that people on the mainland are learning is, is phenomenal, but you can follow them on their website too. And um, let's see, who else do I want to thank? There's so many people to thank. ESPNHawaii.com, ESPN Radio, AM 815 Hilo, AM 790 in Kona. I just uh, feel very proud to be a part of the ESPN Ohana. And I love that they're uh, showcasing, playing the, um, well, you can listen to every level of, of uh uh, sports there. Um, Josh Pacheco has his show every day, Mike and Mike in the morning. Uh, they're, they're broadcasting the Cardinals ball games because Colton Wong plays with the Cardinals. But yeah, Major League Baseball, all kinds of 
the sports on uh, ESPNHawaii.com, of course, and I am proud to be a member of that Ohana with my Emily T. Gale show at ESPNHawaii.com. You can also get those these shows at uh, iTunes and on my Facebook page at Emily T. Gale. So thanks, everyone, for listening to the Emily T. Gale show. Aloha.